This season, we'll be further exploring each topic, hanging out with experts and enthusiasts of all kinds for more strange stories, social commentary, and the myths that make America tick. I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith. Gael is a senior in high school and the host of the podcast Teenager Therapy, a show where he and four other teenagers talk about mental health and the experiences they share as young people in a changing America. With empathetic and emotional insights, the show impresses and humbles me, and it's a project that I wish we all could have listened to during the difficulties of our own confusing teendoms. Today, Gael and I talk about the differences and similarities between Gen Z and millennials, and about moving through our egos and being vulnerable. Today, I'll check in with the kids to find out if they are, in fact, All right. I'm so excited to have Gael of Teenager Therapy on our show. Um, We want to really look at what it's like to be a teenager right now because we often disregard the experiences of teenagers. And that is something that at American Hysteria, we do not condone. So uh, we are going to talk to such a sweet and smart person today of Teenager Therapy, the podcast. And uh, let's start by just saying hello. Hi, Gael. How are you doing today? Hi, Chelsea. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm excited about this. I went on a little walk this morning and uh, mm. listened to a little bit more of your show. And uh, every time I do, it's very uh, it, it heartful. <laughs> it's very uh, uplifting, hopeful, and I really appreciate that about your show. Um, so you are seventeen, is that right? Yes, I'm seventeen. Seventeen, and you have a pretty successful podcast <laughs> sponsored by JanSport. Yeah, yeah, we. It's kind of weird, you know, but I don't know. People are like, how did you do it? I don't know. I think it's a lot of luck involved in this, especially in this industry. There is a lot of luck, but, you know, I also think you guys deserve credit because you're filling something that's that's needed that maybe we didn't even know was needed, right? And you do this with four of your friends slash cohorts. <laughs> yes, yeah. Would you give us just... The briefest introduction to how you guys came together and, and decided to do this show. Yeah, so basically, we, I think we weren't the closest friends. We were like individually close, like kind of connected, but not you know directly. So, um, my co-host name is Mark, Isaac, Thomas, and Kayla, and then obviously myself. So you know, it would be like Thomas is close with Kayla. I'm not really close with Kayla. Isaac knows Kayla, but they're not like too close. Mark and Kayla don't know each other. You know, so it's like very. It wasn't like we were all like tightly bonded and then we're like, guys, let's do this. So it was in 2018 and we were in our sophomore year of high school. And basically, I just had the idea for teenager therapy. I thought it was something that people wanted and something that people needed and mostly something that I would want to listen to. So I was like, I want, if I want to listen to this and it's something that like I really want, I feel like there's others like me that also want it as well. And so I was like, I, I searched if there was anything like this like on on the market already and not really you know all the all the podcasts that were hosted by teenagers kind of stopped after a couple episodes uh none of them really had huge success i was like okay well this seems like it's something i could do and you could be like one of the first to do it properly and like really do it successfully so i was like okay i guess i'll do it 
there was n- really no reason why I chose a podcast. Like there was uh, people try to say if there was a deeper reason why did I choose podcasting? There wasn't. I just like figured it was easy. You just talk into a mic and put it out there. So it seemed simple enough. And so I decided to just get like a few of my friends together. Um, I told Isaac about it first. He was like, yeah, that's super cool. Then I told Thomas and I told Mark. And then uh, we were like, wait, we need a girl. And I was like, oh, I really want to get Kayla. I really like her, right? And so we got her on. And then I just made a group chat. And like recently we posted like the first messages in that group chat. And it's so weird to see that we were just like, hey, guys, I want to make a podcast. And uh, so, yeah, after that, we just uh, got everyone together and we recorded our first episode. And the rest is history. The rest is history. And uh, man, I just... You know, I look at what you guys do and it's like when I listen to your show, you talk about things and you give words to things that as a millennial back in, you know, the mid 2000s, these were like unthinkable terms. Like I didn't really learn what boundaries were, which is my favorite episode that you all have done um, until I was probably in my later 20s. And, you know, you hear this word, but but you guys seem to really have this level of maturity. And I assume a large part of that is sort of access to more information because the internet was still like (laughs) pretty awful. We had like live journal and things back then. It was pretty, pretty dim. But what right now is it like for you guys? I mean, as teenagers, as Gen Z, you know, how are you all dealing with the pandemic and with all of this pretty serious uncertainty that, you know, we had our issues as teenagers, of course, and there were horrible things happening. You know, it was George Bush. It was the war. It was, you know, mm. can gay people get married and all these really intense things. But now you guys are dealing with like a, a lockdown. A pan- it's like unthinkable. Right. And so right. what is it really like to be in your senior year of high school in a pandemic trying to figure out your life? You know, it's so <clears throat> so I think a lot of teenagers are kind of just brushing it under the rug and not really processing what's happening and i'm pretty guilty of that i'm just kind of moving along doing my thing not thinking about like this pandemic this once in a generation event too much but when i really sit down and think about it it's really weird because i think about how different my life was before this pandemic and it almost seems like an alternate reality it kind of made me sad because it's a reality that we're not ever going to get back and even i'm sure if you think about like everything that has happened the last year like and like, yeah, basically the last year is before the pandemic is is so wild to think about. We were in a much different place. And at least for me, like my life was in a very, very different place. There's so many people that I hadn't met. There's so many achievements that we hadn't accomplished. I mean, the podcast really blew up in 2020, which was during the pandemic. So I think I think the pandemic might have had something to do with it. The success that we have right now, it might have not. But there's definitely just such a different energy to what my normal routine used to be like compared to what it is now. And I think trying to just process the fact that this is what reality is now and there's not going to be a sense of going back to before and going back to normal. By the time this by the time this pandemic ends, I will be out of high school. I will, you know, be getting into colleges, universities and whatnot and choosing to go there. Uh, we're all going to be over 18. We're going to start having to like get a job, get responsibilities. So it's, I, I guess I'm just trying to process the fact that like, this is like what the new normal is like. And instead of like soaking too much over what's what it is now and what it, it, it is not, I'm trying to, to just appreciate what it was before and just kind of like appreciate those moments. And now just like 
enjoy the fact that I guess I'm trying to enjoy the fact that we're like living in this very interesting time where I don't know if this is insensitive to say, but I think I'm just really trying to like appreciate the lockdown, appreciate like all the time we have at home with family and such. And, you know, the time that we have to ourselves, uh, which is something that we won't get for uh, probably ever, you know, like a like a like a seven month vacation from school or something that we had in the beginning. That's something we're never going to get. So I guess the way I'm dealing with it and just approaching it is just trying to trying to appreciate everything and just like appreciate it for what it is and appreciating the journey out, you know, that like eventually we will be out of this pandemic. And that's something that I'm like looking forward to. So I'm just trying to take it one day at a time and not stress myself out too much. You know, you think a year back and I just remember walking around outside and everything's kind of closed down and it just feeling sort of like this ghost town or this movie studio, just like the surrealness of not fully being able to to take in that reality. And I don't think any of us really have to this day and we probably won't be able to. Um, But that's why I think maybe possibly your show did so well in 2020 is because y'all are locked down. I assume you're missing your friends a whole lot. I don't know what you're all like how you guys deal with covid restrictions and your friends but that's always my thought is like uh just oh my god being stuck at home at 17 and not being able to go out and see your friends and do those things just sounds excruciating to me because my friends were certainly my you know my Mm -hmm. world um but i'm guessing that that's you know you guys kind of provide a kind of friendship in a way you know i mean we we all make jokes about how podcasters feel like our friends you know what i Mm -hmm. mean and Mm -hmm. i think you probably were were doing that for a lot of people and you and you still are um so i think i'd love to talk to you about this bizarre thing that's happening right now that feels silly to even talk about, but there's this renewed sort of Gen Z versus millennial uh, jokes and, and you know, the, the new thing is some probably not very many are very upset at Gen Z's uh, assertion that we can no longer wear skinny jeans or part our hair on the side um, as if that's <laughs> not super nerdy anyway, <laughs> you know, as if we didn't make fun of the generations before us and fashion and everything. And I've just watched people take that that very, very seriously um, and, you know, get outraged or whatever. Right. Um, but I think, you know, I would love to just talk to you about how you see both your generation and then our generation. And um, I'd love to hear that positively and negatively. So why don't we start with sort of how do you view millennials as an entire generation? What do you think we do well? What do you think we could improve on? What do you think about our relationship to you guys? I'm really interested in that. Right. <laughs> that's that's really interesting. <laughs> I think, you know, in very in a very very general term, I we see millennials as a very a very uh I guess we I, th- I think we kind of feel pity for them at times because they're like going through like we see them on twitter about college debt about like healthcare, uh, about politics and they seem so just like beat down by the system and they like cannot like stand it anymore so we see them we kind of like i guess feel bad for them because they have to go through all these things but there's also like we do i think we do see them as as very accepting and i think they like are trying to do their best to do what is politically correct, you know, whatever that might mean. So, you know, they, they, they go to uh, a lot of protests and they do a lot of activism and they fight for rights and they, 
they like volunteer and they're very passionate about politics and things like that. And I think that's the good in them is that they do they do a lot of fighting for for the change that we are lucky to live now. I think uh, millennials were a, a big, uh, a, you know, a good part of that, even though they're still, you know, fairly young. And so that's the good that we see in them. I think the reason that we start fighting with them and a lot of Gen Z kind of see them also as cringy is because <laughs> I think, I, I guess maybe it's just the internet, the trends, you know, everybody was still trying to figure out the internet, how to use it. So in our eyes, it, the fact that like, it, it sucks, you guys had to be like um, the ones to figure it out, which meant making all the mistakes of what not to do on the internet. And now you got to suffer through the consequences of it. Uh, you see, like the the cringy millennial memes, the cat with sunglasses, the mustaches. The, it's the worst thing we ever did. <laughs> the finger tattoos. Oh my gosh! And so we see that, and we're like, "Ooh, that's that's not cute at all." But I don't know. I think eventually we'll romanticize it. I think it's still too soon to romanticize 2012. Right now, we're still in romanticizing the early 2000s and all that fashion and trends. So. Maybe like 10 years from now, Gen Z will be all about mustaches and stuff again. So you will. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's it, all the things you listed are like the great shames of our generation. So you're not. Yeah, wrong. the great ones. Um, and, you know, it's so funny because and I know so many people listening will feel this way, but and you'll feel this way one day. Um, but the 2000s trends when we look back it's like nauseating right it's like the the embarrassing <laughs> thing that you the way you dress in middle school and uh, i mean it's so but you all are doing it like way better you know like your lines are better and your clothes and everything <laughs> just you've taken it and made it your own um so i i appreciate it a lot but um do you <laughs> this is silly but are you're on tiktok right, i assume right, right? yes yes you talk yeah <laughs> I, I have not been able to break into it yet it's like a little too much of a visual assault but i love the ones i see on instagram i think it's hilarious um mm -hmm. but do you do dances are you one of the or do you do <laughs> i sound so old do you do you do the dances um i don't think so i kind of just shit post on tiktok <laughs> I just I ask because you know we when I look at the TikTok dances it's exactly what we used to do for the talent show in in oh. middle school but we just didn't film it and it's the same you memorized the dances of whatever you know boy band or girl band or or whatever but it's just so funny to see it be really exactly the same and you know seeing people make fun of it and all that kind of stuff and then just being like no we did the exact same thing it's like we we all do the same thing every generation. It just comes through a different technology right. or a different culture, right? Right. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of curious to see what trends that we like now we're gonna see as super cringy later on. We might see like TikTok as a whole as like a terrible, terrible thing, even though like there's a lot of good moments in there. So I'm kind of excited to be 40, 30 and just be looking back at the younger generation making fun of like the renegade or like influencers and Instagram and stuff like that. It, I mean, it's fun. It is fun to make fun of. I mean, we had Live yeah. Journal. Do you know what Live Journal is? Uh, no. It's pretty much what it sounds like. It was like you wrote your deepest, most personal thoughts, and then people could come and anonymously tell you what a fucking loser you are. And it was not a nice <laughs> place. That honestly sounds something that people would want now. If, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, now people just video yeah. themselves doing the same thing. Right. A video. podcast. They have a podcast. They just cry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, how many thousands of those exist? Um, 
What about your own generation? What do you really like about Gen Z? And what are some of the things that you would like to see change a little bit in your culture? I I think I like our acceptance. There's definitely a lot more acceptance and inclusivity and tolerance for a lot of different viewpoints and things. I think we, we like to do the right thing and just people, you know, want to fight for the right thing. However, I do think uh, some people get carried away with that and they fight for things they don't truly believe. They only like think you're supposed to believe in that. So I would like to see um, our generation reduce their ego and, you know, take a moment to learn and accept the fact that they're still young. There's a lot they don't know. And there's a lot of learning still to be done in order to fully understand these complex issues that we think we understand, but we probably don't. And there's also, I think I would like to see... um, less romanticizing of bad or dangerous things. I think we tend to romanticize a lot of things that, you know, are bad for us. Like there's a lot of like drugs and romanticizing like uh, relationships where you're being groomed and, you know, we idolize those things. And I think people need to realize that like, it's not very, uh, I don't know that social media, we have to just really be aware of the fact that social media and the fact you see one or two videos doesn't mean everyone's out here doing it. It's kind of just a highlight that gets pushed out and gives the illusion that um, it's something common when in reality it might not be. So we have to be aware of a lot of that and just like be careful in what we romanticize. And also, I think we, in, in that same way, we, we should romanticize the right things. Like I think there's a trend right now on TikTok where there, people are romanticizing like the mundane life. And that's making people feel really good about their lives because they think like, okay, you know what? This actually doesn't seem so bad. So yeah, I think I think sometimes you need to take a second to slow down and just enjoy the moment and not trying to be actively chase all these natural highs and stuff. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never-frozen, ready-to-eat gourmet meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And I mean, what you're describing is totally similar to high school growing up. I mean, drugs and these types of relationships and and generally fucked up stuff was very romanticized. I mean, you guys have Euphoria and we had Skins. You know, we mm. had these shows. I love Euphoria. Um, and I think it. you're so right about what you said. And you're also so right about trying to get to a point where our egos are not ruling our politics and the things that we believe and the things that we say. And that's certainly a problem in millennial culture and baby boomer culture, you know, just sort of the mm-hmm. pure immediate outrage that feels justified and, and potentially is justified, but there isn't that. There isn't the the self-reflection and the time to say, oh, I, I actually do that as well. So perhaps this could be a learning experience as it once was for me, right? right. And I think you guys do that so well on your show. You're just so open and interested in the nuance and like the minutia and getting into these topics without those easy answers that are provided for us on an internet that constantly tells us what and what not to do. Um, and I really like that about you guys. And I think um, I feel a lot of hope for your generation. And I think that that that's healing for us as well. And and to be able to see sort of you guys, I don't know if you are on Twitter today, but, you know, they just made a gender-neutral Mr. Potato Head. Um, I saw a tweet something about Mr. Potato Head, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, you know, a massive thing because they've no longer, they've ungendered the Potato Heads um, as if they weren't already genderqueer because you could switch their parts. Like, that's like the whole point, you know? Right, So, you know, now there's all this outrage from um, the right about, you know, how we're all turning you guys into genderless monsters and blah 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 so you know we heard all this shit it was just the same when we were in high school but it was gay stuff you know and and so do you do you identify as queer yourself or how do you identify um i think i think there's a lot of labels and stuff that i that i think are really interesting and i haven't really fully explored you know i was a I think I was I was finding a concept of like xenogenders and I thought that was really interesting how they approach that. And I don't quite understand it. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so like xenogenders, I I believe I'm I'm not too educated on it, but I believe it's like feeling like a cat or feeling like a robot and like identifying with like the p- personality of a cat, which I thought was really interesting. And my my first thought was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I could like accept this. I feel like it's kind of damaging to like the LGBTQ community, right?" But I guess the way I approach a lot of these things is afterwards. It's just like, honestly, like if they're not hurting anyone, like, does it really matter? Like what kind of, I don't know, like standards or patriarchy it's breaking. Like it's, it's really like you could do whatever you want. And, um, and maybe that's wrong too. Maybe there should be like a limit to like what people are allowed to like express somehow. Maybe there is a a good in having a a standard that, that like just promotes, um, I don't know, some sort of order, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. These are all questions that I have yet to like truly dive deep into and just like find answers for and just, you know, have my own solid stance towards. Um, so yeah, there's that, that was something I was finding interesting because I think like you said, like, uh, millennials were fighting for gay rights and that was seen as like a 
totally like radical idea that like gay people can get married and up until 2015 that you know they couldn't which is so wild to me um and i think our generation is just going to keep fighting for even even more ideas that seem radical you know like right now i think like we're trying to like normalize being transgender and stuff and that's something that's like still getting a lot of backlash but hopefully in the next you know, five, six years, that gets a little bit more normalized. And then we just move on to the next issue. So I just think it's a never ending cycle for a generation. And each generation is going to find with their own attempt to normalize things. What is it like for you? And I know that now we're in a pandemic, but if you go pre pandemic to the old world, you know, what was it like for your friends and you and, and those who might be like gender nonconforming or any of our, you know, others, whatever that means? Um, how how do you feel at school? Does it feel like a safe place? Does it feel like you're learning like real things? I'm just really curious. I have no idea how school is now. And of course, it's different everywhere. But wait, first of all, where you guys live? Where are y'all located? In Anaheim. Okay. Okay. So if you're you know in... where that is? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like Disneyland. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you just kind of like tell us what it's like to be in high school now? Um. I don't know. I do. I do have a very different experience because I'm not really one to like be in drama constantly or have like huge, huge, huge friend groups being with a new friend group each day or like dating a bunch of people and like breaking up and then dating the, the other people in the friend group and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't I haven't had that experience. Like my high school experience has been pretty quiet, like just kind of doing my thing with my close group of friends, eating lunch, going to the next class, doing our thing after school. Um, and I'm not like, you know, I'm also not too like school spirited. So I'm not going to too many games and stuff and like, you know, trying to live that whole high school experience. To be honest, I don't think I very I'm like very into the high school experience. I don't really romanticize it as much as some of my peers do. And the fact that we missed a whole year is like kind of upsetting, but I'm not really like phased by it. I just kind of move on. And so in that sense, I think my view of and you know my 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 viewpoint of this like high school experience is very different from what like a typical teenager would experience and i think being in high school now is i do think it's it's i don't know to be honest because i i like i'm trying to see how other people are experiencing it and i think the fact that like i'm pretty quiet i kind of just mind my my business i'm not like um you know doing anything that's getting too much attention just leads like people to like no one's really saying anything about me right but i have seen how people treat um other queer people especially that you know might be transgender or might be a little bit odd a little bit weird and like it does i think it's like the, the same typical high school experience that you experience which is like there's a lot of people like making fun of them like uh, everyone knows them because they everyone thinks they're weird like you see them walking around like people laugh and stuff um and it's it's uh it is it is it is very i'm not sure because also also in social media like i'm not following it like i barely follow anyone from high school only like the people I actually talk to. So if there's drama going on, I don't really even see it, but I'm sure people are posting on their stories like, oh, you know, like using the internet to just blast what you would typically see in in person. Now people are just using the internet to just do all that. So I guess in a way, it's the exact same thing you experience, except a little bit more digital. Yeah, and a lot, lot more people can see it, you know, outside of just right. your peers, which is so strange, you know, I mean... I don't know what it would be like. It's so I mean, it's hard for us to both imagine each other's experiences. Like you said, you, you know, you have a hard mm -hmm. time imagining that gay marriage was illegal. And and for me, that was it's it was, mm -hmm. you know, illegal more longer than it was legal in my life. And so it's 
pretty normal. Um, but Whoa. you know, and I, I'm what I was wondering if, if things felt better, I'm sure they're better, um, in terms of, of how we treat, uh, how we treat each other in general. Um, okay. So part of why I think your show is so interesting is that in particular, you have an episode where you talk about boundaries and boundaries being mm -hmm. ways that you interact with the people you care about or people in your life uh, in ways that are healthy for you, uh, that are communicative and that honor your needs. Um, and that is a really radical concept. Um, that was not something that anyone talked about. And I had my own dramas. You know, I had my high school love obsession with someone and you know it was very unhealthy and very just we just didn't have the language to understand that we were being codependent or that we had no boundaries or that we needed to take time as as you guys talked about um so you and and your co-host thomas were talking about your relationship and how eventually you needed to set a boundary where you were no longer speaking and i mean that's really radical especially because in the episode, you reflected on the positives of that. And I mean, breaking breaking up with a friend or a partner or anyone is so devastating. And it was so amazing. I mean, you guys literally talked through it on the podcast. I mean, that's that's an I don't hear that. I don't never heard adults do that. That's that's so amazing to me. And I was just walking around the grocery store and just like tearing up and just being like, man, this would have been so valuable to me and my relationships. So you're not learning this stuff in school. I don't think you're not learning I, I, unless you've got some super sick <laughs> program of therapy for teenagers. But how do you guys how do you guys zero in on what you want to talk about? And, and how do you get resources to, to I know that some of you are in therapy actually in different therapies but how you guys come together and 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 learn these these concepts that that are so important mm. to be honest i think for me i lead a good majority of the conversation so i'm always trying my best to like present new ideas and like i think it's my responsibility to constantly be presenting new ideas and new ways of thinking so our audience could be inspired by it and there's I think there's been a few books that have like uh, very, very much fundamentally changed the way I view, uh, you know, interpersonal relationships. And one of those is How to Win Friends and Influence People, Man's Search for Meaning, and The Courage to Be Disliked. And those three books just, I think, have a really interesting philosophy of how to approach relationships and friendships and the treatment of others and how you want to be treated. And I've, I think I've definitely used the knowledge that I have in those books and then just added onto that with my own personal thoughts. I think I, I do a lot of thinking. I think I'm always, I'm always asking questions in my head. I'm like, well, I think I have, I have a habit of trying to find an absolute truth to questions that absolutely don't have one, which is like, what do you do in this situation? What am I supposed to do in this situation? And therefore that leads me to like a rabbit hole of different theories for the best way to approach it. You know, if there's a conflict, should I bring it up with them? Should I think about it myself? Should I bring it up with other people? What is the right thing to do in all these situations? And I think because of that, I force myself to really think about a lot of perspectives and a lot of different ways to handle a situation. And after that, I guess I just kind of use my own intuition to try out what I think is the proper way to do it. And I think in that case, I realized, okay, you know what? This is how I feel. This is what I feel like how I should act. Let me go talk about that and say like, okay, I think this is a good solution to this problem. So there's that. 
Uh, and there's also, I think, a combination of a lot of resources online. I wouldn't. I, I think I do. I do some research on different topics. Like if we're talking about boundaries, we'll do research and like you know look into like what is a boundary, what is an unhealthy boundary, what is a healthy boundary, and also use that to just establish our own opinions. And then what makes it even more easier and just like even more accessible are like the infographics on Instagram that I'm sure you've seen, which is mm-hmm. like nine signs your ex isn't good for you, nine signs you need to find boundaries. And I also like I think I get those a lot on my explore page. So like every once in a while, I'll, I'll scroll through them, look at the ideas and think about them be like, oh, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about it that way. So yeah, I think a lot of that is just us talking through it. I think once you have the courage to be vulnerable and, you know, admit that like, maybe you're not right. Maybe you're not treating them correctly. And, you know, the podcast forces us to do that. And that alone, like, I think all of us have the potential to act the right way and come to these conclusions as long as we lose our ego to be wrong. That's something many people don't learn ever in their entire life. (laughs) So the fact that you guys are talking about this uh, as 17 year olds, it's going to be uh, you guys are going to have a very different kind of life, I think. And that's that's like it feels in some ways like the fruits of a labor, you know, because mm. um, I look back at high in high school and I'm like going to the library and finding books about different psychology things, <laughs> trying to be like, why do I feel so screwed up um how do i feel better you know i had to like claw tooth and nail to to go to therapy (laughs) it was just like not something you did it even Mm -hmm. then i mean it was it was but if you were going to therapy you were getting caught with drugs and you were getting shoved into therapy you know it wasn't like i want to go to therapy i want to be okay you just didn't even know really that that was an option and um but at the same time right it's like we were still striving for the same things we were just doing it with with what we had available um so i think it i think it's just so uh it's so amazing that the access is changing and that you guys are armed with information that it took us so long to get and so i'm it's just it's going to be so cool to see when you guys are our age, sort of what impact you guys have had. And I think you mentioned that on an, on an episode I was listening to and, and you kind of did already like looking back at the cringeworthy stuff, but then looking back and saying, this is what we contributed. And this contribution as, as messy and, and problematic as it might've been has led us to where we are right now. And I'm just really excited for you guys. And I think you're you, Gael, and and your friends as well. You're on a path that is is not going to end anytime soon. And I'm I'm really happy that you decided to come on to the show. And I, I just to end, would you tell me anything that you would like to about the things that you've learned about mental health because your show is called Teenager Therapy. It's focused on mental health and on the teenage experience. So what do you think are the most valuable things that that our listeners, even who are not teenagers, and, and we do have a good amount of teenage listeners actually, what should be the takeaway from this episode about what it's like to be a teenager and the mental health of teens today? I think... There's there's a couple of things that I would love, you know, your audience to take away from this. Number one, like I said, is like have the courage to be vulnerable. I can't express how important that is, because if you really think about it, the only way to truly 
get close to someone and develop a deeper bond is to open up and be vulnerable and have the courage to give someone your heart and say like, here, I trust you with this, whether you hurt me or not, like, I'm still going to give you this trust because it is the way that we could possibly build a meaningful relationship. And like, you know, ideally they do the same and the bond that you will have knowing that you both trust each other with that level of intimacy is incredibly strong. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that I say, like, you know, be vulnerable. Don't, it, it takes practice for sure. But the more you start to open up, about, uh, open up about your feelings and um, tell people how you really feel and ask people how they feel as well. And, you know, not be scared to get into these vulnerable conversations. That is incredibly important for a deeper relationship too. I think like, you know, just in general, talking about it, you know, talking about problems you have with someone, talking to yourself, you know, about problems you have with yourself and trying to fix that and not having an ego attached to yourself and, you know, your your fear of being wrong is important because that's how you maintain relationships is to not hold resentment. And if you feel like, you know, you're 30, you're losing all your friends, you have to like ask yourself, why is that? Most most of the time it's because are you putting in that effort to when things start to get hard, you go and talk about it instead of just running away from them. And that is, I think, one of the most important reasons why, you know, people are able to have long-term friends is because they genuinely talk about their issues with each other and the issues they have and their emotions. And that is a bond that can last your entire life. So that's another thing. And the third thing is I would say there's, this is like nothing radical, but just there's no shame in going to therapy or struggling mentally. There is absolutely no shame in feeling like a burden and feeling like you don't uh, deserve people to care about you. I think a lot of us are feel that way because of things that weren't in, in our control. You know, we were raised with parents that maybe didn't give us attention or th- didn't give us the love that we we deserve. And because of that, now we feel like we don't even deserve to be cared for. And we feel like any attempt at someone caring for us is going to be a burden, you know? So I think going to therapy is a wonderful thing. Whether you're struggling mentally or not, you should try to go to therapy because there's a lot of issues that like we often know are there but we just like don't want to talk about him because we know confronting them is going to unleash just a huge storm of emotions that we don't necessarily want to face because we like stability but ultimately in order to find that inner peace within yourself and in order to truly achieve a sense of happiness and joy is by addressing all the uncovered issues that you didn't you know you haven't really thought about before so those are i think are the three things that i believe are really important and that i've really learn and learn to understand the importance of it throughout these uh, two years that I've been doing the podcast. And I mean, everything you just said applies to everyone and anyone. Um, And I think that, you know, we separate our generations, but really at the core, we're all hoping and, and desiring the same things with the tools we have and working toward them. And so I so appreciate you using the tools you have to create a new world for the future. Um, That's really cheesy. Um, But uh, thank you, Gael. This has been our Gen Z correspondent uh, bringing us the hip new psychological um, brilliance. So (laughs) Gael, thank Thank you. Thank you, Chelsea, for having me on. It's It's been fun. This was American Hysteria. 
make sure you subscribe to Teenager Therapy because I'm telling you, you don't have to be a teen to gain a lot from these conversations. And if you know a teen, pass the show on. And if you are a teen, hi, I love you and I'm proud of you. Next time on the show, we'll be covering the long, strange, and Freudian history of the social media influencer. Last week on Patreon, we put up a video of our full two-hour live show theatrical production from 2018, complete with skits, drag, dancing, stand-up comedy, weird videos, and with special guests Satan, Alex Jones, Tinky Winky, and John Harvey Kellogg. Watch me maybe survive drinking Coke and eating Pop Rocks by heading to patreon.com slash American Hysteria, where you'll also get our special bi-weekly podcast called Walk With Me and lots of other extra content as well. This episode has sound by Clear Camo Studios and was produced by Miranda Zickler. Thanks as always for listening and appreciate the teens in your life the ones working like we did for a new kind of world. Have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.